Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mental Salad Podcast. On this podcast, we get real about the daily afflictions faced in the mental health community. Here, we will talk about weekly issues that come up that are mental health related, along with any other um, tips and tricks and suggestions I may have to help people who are struggling. I am hoping listening to this podcast as a way of reaching out to people who face similar mental health related issues that are looking for support in a very trying time in their life. This will hopefully end up being a weekly podcast released every Sunday, but I am also a student, so there may be weeks that there isn't an episode released. I am hoping as I embark on this journey that I will find people to interview and bring more real-world experiences for all of you to hear. However, as an important disclaimer, I am not a professional therapist. The information I am giving all come from what information I have personally learned about mental health this year. Throughout this podcast, I hope to inspire other people in the world who are struggling to understand their issues. This could be a wide range of topics from anxiety to depression to alcoholism to all kinds of stuff. Mental health is very much a taboo subject that can be difficult to talk about, which is part of the reason why I created this podcast as a way of removing some of the stigma associated with it. Mental health is a perfectly normal subject that afflicts a significant portion of the adult population in this country. According to statistics from John Hopkins, one in four adults the ages of 18 and above suffer from mental health-related issues. It is something that widely afflicts everyone all over the world, but there are very few, few affordable treatment options. This likely sounds very depressing for average listeners out there, but there are other solutions. This podcast, like many others, is meant to help make, best, make basic mental health solutions more affordable through the discussion of solutions to these problems. It is a more affordable option for people struggling with major mental illnesses but can't afford the treatment costs. Every week, a new coping strategy will be discussed along with major events and news in the mental health-related community. This week's podcast will be an introduction to my experiences with mental health as someone who's been through several treatments of disease. So now to talk about me. The reason why I have so much experience and understanding around this topic is the fact that I am a member of the mental health community. I have been someone who has struggled with these issues all of my life, including anxiety and depression, and I have watched my life fall apart as a result over the last year. What I'm about to talk about is a trigger, so if anyone wishes to avoid listening, skip um, this section of the podcast. This was a large facade in my family growing up for the longest time. My story, I'm sure, starts out like many others. My household was never abusive when I was born. I lived in a supportive and loving environment. I was a straight-A student who always seemed to have their life together, but digging deeper, like many of you now can relate to, there are there was something more. There were some warning signs that came up that should have clued me in for the most part. I was oblivious to what was going on. I thought we were the perfect American family. We were moderately well-off and never really had to worry about finances. As a result, I never truly understood the meaning of having to financially struggle as a kid. As a result, I didn't know a lot about mental health issues and things like alcoholism or anxiety. I never really had to struggle with any major life issues. I was able to be afforded my basic needs and the luxuries that any kid my age would want. Other than that, not really being an athletic child, I was a normal kid just doing normal kid things. But once I entered my later childhood, more sinister issues started to develop. I remember like it like it was yesterday, the night my whole life changed. It was, if I think about it, Super Bowl 2014. I remember my parents were having a big watch party on the TV, but as the night winded down, things started to escalate. 
That was the night that the cycle of emotional abuse began in my family, as alcoholism was quickly becoming a permanent fixture in my family system. I also remember a huge issue at that night was that there was a huge snowstorm blowing in that weekend, meaning I was trapped in my home. I just remember the feelings of terror I had on the inside as the emotional abuse and alcoholism passed that night. I kept wondering, how could this possibly ha be happening? That's not the version of my home I know and love. I just want things to go back to normal and prayed that this would be the end of it and I would never have to face a night like this again. Little did I know, this was the beginning of a decade of emotional suffering for me. As I grew older, the image of a perfect family began to change as reality set in for me. I became someone who came from a very traumatic household, in my view, where I grew up with an alcoholic living environment where I was constantly emotionally abused on a daily basis. I was in a situation where the alcoholism in my family system was never treated. I would beg for a change in the system, but nothing changed despite my desperate protests. The only breaks from this came for a few months at a time and only when the drinking became a physical danger. As many of you, I am sure can relate to, a constant feeling of isolation and embarrassment came over me because of this. I never felt capable of opening up about what was really going on for me. I was scared at people looking at me differently because of what I would have to tell them. Instead of speaking up and using the resources around me, I would push my trauma down and ignore it, letting it fester to a breaking point this year. This decade brought so much emotional turmoil and division within my family as my brother and I began to take sides in my parents' relationship. As the bookish and more academically driven child, I felt divided in my family. I would look for places in my family system that matched my values, causing me to have preferences. I just remember my childhood after this hitting a turning point, going from one crisis to the next, again and again, the pattern continuously repeating itself. What was worse was along with having mental health related issues, I am someone who had a lot of learning disabilities growing up. I had certain accommodations and struggled in an average public school and classrooms where my needs were struggling to be met as a kid. This led to me being placed in a private school and then boarding school shortly afterwards. Partially, I think I, placed, I got placed there because of, of a way to escape the toxic living environment. As I mentioned above, my life was full of emotional abuse over the monetary choices being made on my behalf. This as a result grew when I started private school because of the high cost of the tuition. Rather than be consoled and reassured, I was guilted for the money being spent and was made to feel like I was the one in the wrong the entire time. I was constantly surrounded by this environment without a way to escape. Alcoholism was the only time I wasn't the only time I suffered emotional abuse because of the trauma in my family system. It was also abused when there wasn't a drop of alcohol consumed. I would be guilted for the smallest decisions I would make. This led to greater fights and forced even greater unhappiness in my life and only made my family system more toxic. Because of this environment and that my family was the only one I felt safest with, it created an unhealthy relationship between us. It felt like I would live in an environment where I didn't consult the household on any type of decision I would be made to feel guilty. This created a constant sense of insecurity within me, as you can imagine. This is something that still affects me to this day as I have only become more recently aware of what has been done to me. Throughout this part of my life, I did my best to continue on my, with my passions in life, but watched as my home continued to fall apart little by little. I participated in a variety of extracurricular activities like many my age would, but never really found what made me passionate. Looking back, I think with everything going on at home, the idea of trying to find what made me passionate felt practically impossible. As I struggled, to start to have what I called came to call anxiety attacks. This began 
later in my childhood. And these were basically periods in which I completely lost my breath and struggled to get my heart rate to slow down. I kept having them again and again. They kept coming back with no rhyme or reason, and it took me a year to get on the proper medication to calm them down. But as a result, that whole year felt like hell for me. And emotionally, my mental health, as I would later call it, only began to worsen. I started to understand the ways they were triggered because of the environment in which I lived in, and it had become genetically passed down from my parents' generation to me. Things in my life only became worse as towards the end of middle school, my family's alcohol problems had become bad enough that we had lost our main source of income and we had to move. I didn't know it at the time, but this moment in my life would drastically alter how my life unfolded in the, to the present. I remember a feeling of panic overcoming in my environment that wasn't well hidden, but I could even I could still feel the tension entering the house, a feeling of pure panic of how the future of the family for our family was going to unfold. But to make matters worse, much more complicated, I had started high school from far from where my family would be. This would become a raging problem once my support system had moved out because of the dependence I had entrusted in my family system. I felt lost because of the lack of the system's closeness I had when I was growing up. This, as you can imagine, only got worse. As I moved into high school, I had severe social anxiety during those years, afraid of everyone's opinions of me and not taking account of my own. It led me to avoiding my relationships and hurting them before they could get hurt me. This was true in my last romantic relationship and was true with how I treated my friends who only wanted to help me. I ended up becoming more alone because of this than I ever wanted. This caused my issues of what now I became known to as depression only to worsen. Whatever I was pushed to enter therapy, I resisted. I had accumulated so much internal hatred up until that point that talking about my issues felt like a betrayal of my family. I refused to acknowledge what was happening at home and pretended I was fine so as not to let my walls down. I had my teachers and friends who all tried to get me to tell the truth, but nothing could break my iron barrier. Academically, I was a stand-up student. I made the higher honor roll, followed the rules, and worked to become a cheerful and integral member of the community in which I resided. But even with the new support I was getting, I still struggled with academic anxiety. I quickly became hyper-fixated on this idea that getting an A was the end-all, be-all point of high school, rather than living in the moment. I worked myself to the bone for every test and became unconsolable when the grades didn't go my way. When I came home from vacation, things didn't really change for me at that point. I would feel happy on top of the world at school, and then when I'd come home, it felt like my whole world was falling apart around me. Once I started high school, my brother had gone off to college, leaving me as the sole target of my parents' emotional abuse. It made the idea of going home much more of a depressing thought. Now, this is where I enter a huge trigger warning, so please beware if you do not want to hear this, because this is a very intense topic. As things got continued to get worse, and my depression only got worse as I started to lose any desire to no longer be on this earth. One night, it got so bad that I tried to make it so, but thankfully I failed, and I'm grateful to this day to still be alive and on this earth. I never told my parents or anyone else about what happened that night. Among other things, I chose to push down and pretended like it never happened. Things ended up getting talked, never ended up getting talked about because shortly after the pandemic hit it and we were all forced on lockdown. At this point, my family's issue of alcoholism had trapped us again and I was stuck at home with no real place to go because of the lockdown. When things had finally calmed down, I still felt a major mark left on my mental health left behind. Eventually, the issues of living together through a lockdown became too much for my family, and I moved out of the house for the summer. By this point, I was entering my senior year of high school and had started filling out my applications for college. 
For me, I wanted to continue living away from my, from my family in order to continue to escape the hell that was my home life. My top choice as a result had become a university on the east, um, far away, where I wanted to study political science and history. I was able to then submit my college applications once I had com compiled my list. As I entered my senior year, I had become oblivious to the major issues that were plaguing my mind as I continued to follow down a difficult path. At this point, I was still ignoring all the warning signs. I struggled with my academic anxiety, which only grew worse as I took harder AP classes, which at this point were also basically college-level classes for reference. As Christmas rolled around and I anxiously waited for my college decision letters, my anxiety continued to rear its ugly head. I got in to my top school, but I felt like at the same time when I was going through this, it felt like if I didn't get into it, it would automatically make me a bad student. But once I did get in, I was ecstatic at the time and a huge feeling of fulfillment overcame me as if I had accomplished the basic reason my parents had me, which was to get a good education. I felt like the only piece of self-worth I could derive from this at this moment was that I had gotten into a top-tier university in the country unless that I had gotten into the place of my dreams. Even with the dream having been accomplished, rather than the academic pressure feeling like it had died down, things would only rather amp up. I continued struggling with the smallest inconvenience coming up in life. Rather than rest, I would work myself to the bone. I amplified the tiniest imperfections into a complete disaster, draining me of all my self-esteem. The only thing I could or should draw my happiness from at the time was academic success, not the relationships I had built. I became more scared and confused with my emotions as they continued to intensify as I approached my date of graduation. Felt an intense amount of fear and drive to finish the year strong, no matter what the cost was. The idea of failure was just not something I was capable of accepting, seeing it as a complete destruction of my character if I were to do so. What became my breaking point was when I broke my computer. I accidentally spilled water all over it, where it completely broke down at that point. Rather than try to remain calm and look for a solution within this computers my school had provided, I broke apart. I felt like the entire year I had been slaving away with my academics had just fallen apart in the very front of me. What I blew to be such a huge and instrumental obstacle had easily been solved within a couple of days and I never ended up falling behind like I had spent hours catastrophizing about. So now this is the part of my journey where we reach another turning point. After watching everything fall apart for so long, I had entered finally entered therapy. I began with meeting with a therapist every week and I started to open up about some issues that were going on in school, but not about the major trauma that I had faced earlier on in my life. But I just didn't want to touch on it. I just wanted to leave it alone, pretend it never happened. I thankfully still managed to survive the year, but there was still a lot that had been left on me mentally, and I think I didn't even want to acknowledge it. I began to make more preparations instead and looked towards university. And as I end this part of the podcast, I will actually be able to explore more of my university life next week um, as this began to be the part of my life that quickly um, changed dramatically. My life had just become derailed by one night and I would have no idea. One major traumatic event set off a whole childhood of complete instability for which I had no idea would happen. I would constantly blame myself for why my family was consumed by this problem, even though it had nothing to do with me. Being a child and dependent financially, I didn't know any better. I would constantly seek the approval of my family system rather than finding it within myself. As a result of all of this, it created a major issue for me, which still lasts today, is a feeling of self-esteem, and I'm still struggling to rebuild it. 
felt like everything I was passionate about and would try to embark on in my life were insurmountable mountains that I would never overcome. Even with rebuilding my mental health today has become a struggle as I find trouble in finding the point of getting better and being the best version of myself. I know that I have explained not explained my life in its entirety up until this point, but this is where I want to sort of leave you. Um, but this is sort of to give you the backdrop of the feelings of confusion and isolation what fuel, that fueled my mental health issues, as I have now come to understand. Because I let them go unattended and instead chose to go confuse myself, it only made things worse. As I will talk more deeply about next week, it wasn't until I used the resources I was lucky enough to access that I got better. So now, yeah, we begin to move into another part of the podcast where I will be talking about mental health resources that I've used that have had a profound impact on my life. These are, as a clarification, are not clinical recommendations. They are only suggestions, which come from my own lived experience. So it's not any clinical recommendations. Again, I am just someone who's not a therapist, but someone who has been on their own mental health journey and wants to share some of the things that have helped them get better. Um, And yeah, so you can take what you want and leave what you don't like. I think in order for me to properly reach out and use the resources around me started with one simple step, which was admitting that my life wasn't going the way I wanted to. And I was consistently struggling in the direction I was going. Even though I was not an addict, I still leaned on other incredibly unhealthy coping mechanisms like being a workaholic or triggering self-harm by hitting myself. It took me years to admit that I had a problem and only saw my family system as the problem, not taking personal responsibility. I felt that by admitting that I needed help, I would only make things worse for myself. I didn't understand and I refused to admit to myself that by doing this, I was only hurting myself. I couldn't understand at the time, but it was only making things worse even through my sick brain. It was the best solution for the problem at the time when I thought, but it was still a lot worse than I could have ever realized. You know, I just felt like by hitting myself, I just, you know, I was giving myself what I deserved. And because of that, I hid a huge part of myself in the world and the people that cared about me, instead of putting a happy face on and pretending everything even was okay, even though I was dying internally. I think for me, what I found most the most profoundly impactful was starting therapy. Even though I had fully opened up about what was affecting me, I was able to at least have one person that wasn't my parents to talk to about this stuff and that wouldn't give me judgmental opinions. I didn't know at the time, but this outreach I would embark on would be the thing that saved my life later this year. And this is the best form of support I would suggest to start your your journey of recovery. From my experience, even finding one person that wouldn't have to be a therapist you could be completely open with is a great way of finally being seen. For years, I had felt misunderstood like no one in the world would possibly understand what I was going through. And it felt like I had the largest problems on, of anyone else in the entire world. Through therapy, I finally began to understand I wasn't alone. Um, and I had begun to understand the need and the desire for met, the mental health improvements I needed. Speaking as someone who's not a professional, I think if you can afford it, I would suggest doing therapy. I know that there can be a lot of culture and familial feelings around it, being someone that is, you know, always been against mental health and felt like that has been ashamed. Um, like I mentioned earlier, it's hard, it's easier to just get the support you need than it is to continue to suffer. And for me, I dug into the cultural stigma, but it only made things worse. And, you know, I felt like just by getting help, 
it somehow made me something worse and made me a bad person, but I was wrong. It was the smartest decision that I probably had ever done. So if you can really afford it, I would totally, totally suggest doing it. I can't suggest this enough. I have heard it talked about a lot, but it does more than I think I could have ever realized. I think for me, just finding a way to open up and be honest with someone about the mental state I am did more than I could have ever possibly realized. Just having a conversation, even with a friend, it didn't even have to be like, you know, about like, you know, crisis. It could just be about something fun was enough to bring me out of the dark place I was in. I think that if I hadn't reached out to the people that I did when I, when I, when I did, I wouldn't have been able to get the help I needed. Also, I can definitely recommend talking to a psychiatrist if you can afford it. It's really helpful because it can help be really helpful in my opinion. And from what I, my experience has been, and I would definitely, and I'm, this is again, a suggestion is getting um, just on the right medication that will really help you. I also found really helpful just, you know, finding little bits of meaning in life that have helped me in my darkest points, you know, stuff like that have like, you know, passions, you know, people that really have cared about me. It just kept me going in my darkest points. Like for me, it has been history, which is something that I've always been passionate about practically my entire life. I've been fascinated with it because it was something I could dive myself into and ignore the present moment. It gave me something that helped me find out who I am. With so much of my life having already been consumed by my family's disease and the issues that it affect me with, I had something I could focus on instead. I won't dwell on this for long, but what I'm suggesting is based on my own lived experience, that it's helpful to find, and it's really helpful to find your small passion. Because again, from what I have experienced, and this is again a suggestion, is you know, really just um, finding something that, you know, you really love because it'll help you to really just bring you out of the hardest points in your life. I know this may sit about strange and I know what I'm talking about is confusing, but what I'm discussing has happened to me in my real life. Uh, and all, once again, these are all suggestions and information I'm giving based on my personal experience as someone who has dealt with mental health, not a therapist, not as a therapist, because I am not a professional therapist, to be clear. I'm not a professional, but these are just experiences I have had from my own mental health journey. And during the weeks, they will be talking about a lot of the skills. I will be talking about a lot of the skills and more resources um, that I have found helpful. This includes things like cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavior therapy, or internal family system. All of these skills I found profoundly impactful for bringing myself internal peace, bringing me to a point in my life where I'm able to discuss these things openly and freely with all of you. I am still obviously a work in progress like anyone, but I will still suggest things that I have found to be really helpful. But again, this is from my perspective. So some stuff that I have found helpful may not be helpful for everyone. So it's a huge disclaimer that like, you know, just because I have found them like everyone has their own experience with these things which is why they are suggestions. Um, and yeah, and I'm incredibly grateful. Like everything I'll be sharing is like stuff I'm incredibly grateful to have found and been, and been able to get access to. So now we have finally reached the first end of our first episode. Thank you so much for all of those who stick with the episode and tuned in. I hope you found the story and what I have had to tell helpful as you find your way through your own mental health issues. Next time I will be finishing the story of how I got to this point and how I finally got the help I needed and hopefully bring on a real health mental health worker onto my podcast interview, and we'll talk to you more about the importance of therapy as a resource in this world. If there is time, I will also touch on dialectical behavioral therapy and the importance it has to those struggling with 
and how to cope with their distress. So if you want to do some reading on that subject before next episode, that is what I will be talking about. Thank you again for tuning in, and I hope you have a good day.